Beardy and the Beast, The Second Wall. This is placeholder intro song. Welcome to The Second Wall, binge-free zone where we look at a series and discuss it in small chunks. This time we are looking at Joss Whedon's sci-fi classic, Firefly. We can be found on most podcast and social media platforms, a full list of which can be found at beardyandthebeast.com. Please watch the episode and then join Drew and I in the mess as we explore the verse. Okay, so apparently this was the original episode two. This is episode three. four. <laughs> yeah, they aired it super out of order. It wouldn't be a bad episode two. Episode one was aired episode 11. That's weird. Yeah, Serenity was episode 11. Okay, then. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All I know is they did something in this episode that I just absolutely hate. Oh? When it's a free, like a free-floating perspective or point of view in space, and it does something like, has a lens flare, or... In this case, it unfocused and then focused itself. There was yeah. A, <laughs> there was a point of view that was neither of the ships that, like, like altered focus when it connected the, uh, the booby trap. And they ended up using, like, reusing it from a different, like, slightly different angle, slightly closer up later on. Mm. But... I really didn't like that. <laughs> but it did make me it did make me realize that like the graphics are kind of holding up. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, they're not bad. <laughs> I, I was quite impressed. I'm not sure how much of this was CGI, how much of it was miniatures, or if any of it was miniatures for that matter. I don't think they do a lot of minis. I think a lot of the stuff in this is either um computer or like full scale, because there, there's a there's a full scale Serenity that they made. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. Cause they use that in the movie. I remember that. Yeah, but a lot of those outside shots are not going to be. No, no. Well, I mean, inside. Sorry, inside was the full scale. Yeah. Yeah, definitely holds up though. Uh, I actually heard that one of the reasons why a lot of this stuff doesn't hold up uh, is actually based on the resolution of the TVs at the time. There's no reason to have higher scaled graphics mm. because it wasn't being transmitted anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking, speaking of hold up now, like I'm not a super big fan of the Firefly series as a whole. Like I, I've said it a bunch of times. It was an okay first season, season four, if it had made it that far would have been excellent would have been top tier um it is definitely over exaggerated how good firefly is mm. but one thing that it's doing significantly well as uh from an enjoyment factor and from a series factor is it's actually keeping up and like holding up with the time mm. so this is what 20 years old now yep <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> And 
like it's not dating itself per se. Mm-hmm. Maybe like thematically and some of the things that were popular back in like oh two to oh five um might be showcased here, which kind of did it, but I mean like the language, the way it's shot, like the feeling, the emotion, none of it is lost with the passage of time, mm-hmm. even two decades, which has been really nice. I'm not saying I enjoyed it anymore, but I'm all, what I'm saying is I, it's not that I'm enjoying it any less than I did originally. Well, that's good, because I know before we decided to take on Firefly, that was something you had concerns with. Mm. Uh, uh, I never had those concerns, but... <laughs> I am being pleasantly surprised. <laughs> like I can definitely, I mean, I, I'm, I'm coming around a little bit to the probably that it, it's a bit more overhyped than should be. But I think, again, there's just a lot of potential there. And everything they've had so far has been fairly solid. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a strong consistency um, that we see with the characters, with the world. Well, the thing that we hit at this point is um, it's not even a case of could have been uh, because of how long it's been. It's more a case of never was. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. But Um, I would say it's stronger than most series that started coming out around that time. Are you going to... Whedon was kind of on the top of the TV game at this point. Uh, it's not the only thing he was on top of. Talking about some car, um, charismatic carpenters. <laughs> <laughs> and others. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's an interesting fall, but I guess that's a topic for another day. But I'm yeah. not surprised that the Hollywood type ended up being weird. Yeah. Kind of the way that it goes. We'll have Ashley into rant about them all. Seems like <laughs> she knows all the stories. She really does. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure we'll find something weird for her to go off on. <laughs> but world building. Character building. We've got episodes to talk about. Oh yeah, okay, okay. Uh <laughs> honestly I didn't see much in the way of world building in this one. Mm. Um, though there is a bit of the introduction of the Reavers as, um, like a mind, like a a mind virus, like psychic damage. I guess you could say, not in the way of like psychic powers, but like uh, psychosis. So, yes. um, the replication of these Reavers as being, um, es- essentially replicating by forcing people to witness their atrocities. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's a big thing. I mean, like even just seeing the aftermath of it, like being forced to watch that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I can easily see how that's going to drive someone mad enough to, you know, completely break them. Like they did that poor guy. Yeah. Um, I do think the only other little bit of world building we get is like okay we get a little bit of a feel for the alliance so we do know that they are actually doing like routine patrols even out out in the rim um and there's clearly an idea of experience 
around it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mal came across as he's had interactions with the Alliance and Reavers before, and the Alliance knew what to do. Whereas they had to basically the only reason this guy did was because, you know, he dealt with the Reaver firsthand. Um, so I guess showing that bit of procedure. Uh, again, I do think it's interesting to see things like the scale of the ships. Like you have these two transports, which again, very much designed after like horses. Mm-hmm. And then just this massive, you know, city ship. Like, I mean, it's designed like skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting design choices that that split it up nicely. Uh, even so, like that, they even reference the scale of the ship, like, um, and the tour as being large enough and long enough uh, for it to warrant having a nursery. Yeah. Being of that, um, they also had world building just around what it's like out in the rim. Uh, even though we didn't really get the deal with the characters on the derelict directly, you can say it's like, okay, no, they're overcrowded. They're, they've turned this ship that, you know, should be something to get you to the moon and back. And that's about it mm-hmm. into this long range ship because desperate times, you know, overcrowding to the point that like the lifeboats wouldn't have been able to do anything. Well, that's, it's one that's more of a, like an overarching universal theme that they're expanding upon right now. Um, the, I don't know if it was in this episode or one of the movies, um, but he, he's saying how like Captain Reynolds says how his, like his sky is getting more crowded every day. It's kind of like the central planets and people are pushing outwards to where the wilds are supposed to be because they have nowhere else to go and how they're, they're not getting support from like the central governments at all. And everyone kind of like has no choice, but to push out to survive. Yeah. I don't remember it being said in this episode, but I do, do definitely remember that bit you're talking about. They, they, they they're consistent at showing that theme and that, just the desperateness between no, not desperateness disparities between the core worlds and the, the rim worlds and other things like, again, the most valuable thing on that ship again was the food. That was immediately what they all went for. Oh. Overall, I, and they're just really good at keeping it feeling like well, it is the wild west and it is, rough out here mm-hmm. well it's rough and it, it like it has a way of life um mm-hmm. that people are accustomed to on like the rim planets and the the outer planets that those from the central planets don't seem to understand mm-hmm. which is also actually shown really well with um simon as well like both simon and the alliance kind of showed that mm-hmm. in this episode um what I what I found interesting um, to kind of push and transition, um, the whole 
are you going to put river front and center and then um book stepping in Mm -hmm. so he's he's already quickly come to the realization that um mel's plans and strategies are good Mm-hmm. And in a case of emergency, it's actually probably the best thing to do is to listen to him. Yeah. And that's over the course of what, like two episodes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's having that recognition from book is great because it, it, I mean, he was a sergeant. He's clearly got the loyalty of his crew. Mm-hmm. It's clear that he has it for a reason because he's not, not above, you know, stabbing someone in the back if it needs to be i mean these still aren't the good guys as it were it's thieves and scoundrels and but no tactics he's got the the knowledge and he cares for his crew no i i do have one disagreement they've shown pretty plainly that uh malcolm reynolds won't stab you in the back even like figuratively you're right. I misspoke. <laughs> um, that's just what came to my mind as I was talking about, you know, thieves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, they didn't really expand too much on characters. As, as far as, like, the theme of this episode and the characters of this el- episode, it really came off as a, um, the captain's always right. I think that definitely came up, but I think that's more, I think it's a good way of showing his experience in that regards. Uh, I actually was thinking that this is where we're starting to see a little bit more of river coming through now. Um, That's what I was seeing a lot of in this episode because we get the, we're starting to see the, like the psychic ability is kicking in um, with her connections to just knowing that something was wrong on that ship. Um, you know, talking about the ghosts, uh, the waking up screaming as the quote unquote survivor is starting to mutilate himself. So you're starting to see that. And then you're also following it up with that kind of like, wonder like she's re-seeing the universe for the first time when she's outside of the ship and just that kind of glee she had in her face Mm -hmm. Um, yeah it's definitely making you wonder at this point um like what is exact what is exactly up with river like is it just um is it just cut well like the episode or alternatively is it uh, a case of she's hyper perceptive or she has a connection to the environment around her like um like sixth sense sort of thing like exactly what is what is going on with river it's beginning to make us ask those questions yes and do better brother still coming off as a perv to me He's he's concerned with the physical well-being of his sister. (laughs) 
You're a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's just, there's some odd about his acting. I'm get, I'm growing more comfortable with um the portrayal of River, even though there's still a bit of Sharon going on. But mm. the transitions between the different mood states are yeah. a whole lot smoother isn't the correct word like acting it would be smoother even though the shifts are abrupt they make more Mm -hmm. sense yeah um i mean part of that is of course like directing editing um but like i feel that we're beginning to actually see river portrayed as how she should be rather than like um assumptions made at the beginning of the series like the character yeah. actually growing into the character. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of little things I saw that I know again kick in later in the series. Just again, in the way she moves, in the way she views the world. Um, you even kind of see it when they're playing that basketball type game at the beginning of the episode. It's just she's attentive. She's. She's smart, and she's just got a connection. Well, I mean, there's huge exposition in the first episode. Mm -hmm. That pretty much lays it all out. Yeah. Um, I think I came to a little bit of a realization with Simon uh, this time around. Mm. Um, I kind of think he's he also serves the role of trying to be the audience proxy. He's the one that the crew is such as needing to explain things to. So like a cabbage head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I make, it makes sense because it, um, he does have some neutral mass like qualities, like as far as like his facial expressions go, he's dumb to the world that he's in and there's nothing offensively bad about him mm-hmm. except for the fact that he's a big pervo. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I agree. I'm wondering they're either like trying to hide it or it was just poorly written that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, given, given it's Whedon, I'll, I'll give him benefit of a, of the doubt um and these projects are usually pretty okay i i would say that um audience proxy but they're kind of keeping it on the dl yeah and that, that's something that's kind of unique it's not he's not purely the audience proxy which is not usually the case in a lot of these things mm-hmm. um, because he's still bringing other aspects in um just you know like conversations about the game it's like um you know it's not civilized it's just untamed i have no idea what's happening um just kind of those breaks as well mm-hmm. um, so he acts as that audience proxy not under like just watching them suit up and it's shot in a way of confusion which would make sense from an audience proxy standpoint mm-hmm. not from you know someone who has space travel in their lives as a regular type thing. And, uh, just to help show the difference in the worlds. 
um, again, between the rim and the central planets, even though he's not necessarily the best at it. I think that's where they're trying to go with it. Mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of the biggest thing I was finding there. Um, one thing I did find really funny with, um, with Simon that I forgot to write down, but a lot of it when him and Kaylee are looting the engine room, hmm. like Kaylee's like filling the, the, whatever it was. I don't know. She thinks she named what it was. And like, basically hands it to Simon. He just like drops. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, <laughs> clearly he's not someone who's ever worked with his hand <laughs> hands that way. Uh, I thought that was, uh, thought that was a uh, kind of cute to <laughs> show that difference again. <laughs> I think they went again. They show Kaylee and Jane's kind of brother, sister type relationship was shown well again. Uh, at the beginning of the episode. I appreciate that. And that's not something that I really noticed um, in earlier watches of this series was how how close they do feel like um, brother and sister to like to the point where they even say something and just like completely piss each other off, but you know, be okay the next day sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to see, and again, I don't think it's an easy thing to be able to write. I, I, I've seen that written badly a lot more, and I've written, seen it written well. It doesn't feel forced. Well, it, that could be just an acting chemistry thing that's coming off as a sibling thing. Like, not explicitly written as such. Mm. Um, so if they're allowed to play their roles some and actually get into acting with like just kind of a guide. And I mean, sometimes it works out. So if we assume that's the case here, it's working out well opposed to like uh, the little hours where they just given so much freedom and a great cast, but then what was made of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's possible. It's just the chemistry. Uh, I, I want to lean towards being written with that kind of intentional type of relationship and they made sure they got the right actors for it because again it's something that we see throughout Whedon's other works as well mm. you definitely get that family bond in Buffy as well very strongly even though none of them are family mm-hmm. um, so I and it matches well with just how the crew of serenity works like again the the mess scene in the first episode is like no it feels like a family dinner so i i i think it's intentional and they got the right people Mm -hmm. i always enjoy seeing jane just basically crap his pants the mention of the reavers i'd like i'd like to like there's there's these weird discrepancies with Jane's characters that um, like he, he's my favorite character in this series, but there's weird discrepancies right now where at points he seems very capable and very good at his job to the point everyone recognized this and he is very brave at weird times, usually when he's annoyed, but then in certain other circumstances, he's like a scared child. 
Yeah, it's normally when he's that scared child again, it's we definitely see it with the Reavers. And maybe it's it's pretty much I guess it's fairly specific to mention of the Reavers. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering what that relationship is. Because he's from the outer planets. Like it makes you wonder. Um did like a settlement that he was from get hit by reavers or has he encountered them before? Like we, it's plain to see that he's not new to this type of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's been with this crew at least for a moderate amount of time. Uh, so where does that fear come from? Yeah, it's, it's very true. It's like, when we see his bit of, so yeah, because we don't really see fear with him around Niska. No, that was panic. That was panic. Um, but yeah, no, this is. It does make me wonder if he actually was a quote unquote survivor. Mm. Because everything else seems to be. We know the stories of the Reavers. We've seen the aftermath of the Reavers. Mm-hmm. But no one else freezes up in quite the same way. That would be something that would be neat to see them explore. Because, uh, yeah, it definitely feels like there was something else meant to be there beyond the, oh, look, the tough guy is scared of this. Now you mm. know it's bad. Uh, which is, you know, a fairly common trope. Perhaps they're just leaning into that trope. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty expressive. There's a reason why, like, shows and movies use it. So, I think... Like, it's it's definitely not a bad trope. It, it's a good way to show that information quickly. Mm-hmm. But it's not as effective when, you know, half the cast are effective combatants. And you don't see two of them tanning in quite the same way. Well, you see Reynolds making plans and then Zoe just being like very stoic and very cool headed. Yes. That that could go back to, you know, them being military. Mm. Uh, But normally. And maybe that's it. Maybe that is just the trope they're trying to play into, but it feels weaker because of, because of those characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, I I want to go give um, give Whedon the benefit of the doubt, knowing what he's done when he's had time to do things. I, I do think that is setting up for something, something more, because uh, he's not exactly like. Generally, he doesn't have characters panic like that, even in situations where they would. You know, unless it's Xander, but like. See, my my thing about Whedon is less forethought and planning and more understanding what he's done in the past and building upon it and actually revisiting old Mm. themes and um, topics. Um, And then, of course, like leaning into some things that obviously have good reactions. Mm. Um, But 
I mean, it's not coincidence. I, I just, I, I think Whedon's ability is more in post rather than like precognition. Mm. Um, I mean, either way, it's a talent. Yes. Whether or not you agree or disagree where it's coming from, like, uh, it was a style that worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is very true. I think another thing I actually found interesting with Jane and the crew here this time around, and I was trying to figure out actually might tie to that is a panic around the Reavers now. Um, when he basically sent, when they all went to go and, you know, take care of the dead and they sent Jane with them. And then the core ended up being um, Kaylee, Kaylee Wash, Zoe, and Mal mm-hmm. dealing with the trap. Um, and just no indication that they were ever going to tell anyone else about what happened. Uh, I did find it slightly interesting that Jane wasn't part of that. I'm not sure if that was just they figured he'd get in the way of them trying to fix it, or if... He just wanted him with everyone else in the crew to kind of keep them safe just in case something else happened. Well, I think part of it would have been strategic. Um, There's nothing Jane could have added to help resolve it in a more Mm -hmm. efficient way. And it also, having Jane around the non-combatants uh, aboard the derelict would also give them a sense of security and less panic. Yeah. Um, sure. They kind of poke fun at him at uh, like the, the Reaver guy being smaller than expressed, <laughs> but like, I think there's only one person that would actually um, step up to Jane, like, full fisticuffs and it's probably zoe yep (laughs) (laughs) Um, that being said um like the decision from a writing point of view made sense to me yeah i I didn't second guess it and of course like you also needed someone with physical ability who could get a specific job done and i i figure jane's probably good at carrying stuff yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't a decision that I was questioning. Mm. It was more of a point of interest in seeing how the crew works. I mean, I guess you'd kind of see the same thing if it was a combat situation. They wouldn't have Kaylee there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, that that was my... The funny interaction in this one was uh, when Anara comes up, it's like, when, you thought, when I thought I was just getting... Or figuring you out. And then she leaves and it's like, yeah, so we're booby trapped. <laughs> it was just a, it was nice a nice words, little Captain. Yeah. <laughs> Those are some real nice words, Captain. Yeah, it was a bunch of shit. Let's go. <laughs> we got work to do. <laughs> oh my God, who's flying this thing? Um, <laughs> uh, again, because that just goes and shows how the crew interacts with each other. They, they kind of, we'll go with that, but can they all can immediately switch to, no, I've got to work now. Mm-hmm. Like I was just saying with Wash there. Oh no, who's going to fly this thing? We're all going to die. Oh no, that's me. Time to work. <laughs> um, 
it's 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 nice to have like a re- reliable stable pilot who can fly anything who'll always be around yeah it's true uh just like leaves in the wind uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on to that for later. <laughs> um, see, the other, the other bit of character stuff we got here, I think, ties a lot more to um, is when they were arrest detained by the Alliance. Mm. Um, I think they just kind of they give. Basically, all the characters, like, a single scene is like, yep, nope, that is how these people are in a nutshell. Um, Zoe the Stoic, um, Jane the what-you-gonna-do-about-it. Wash is very in love with where the legs meet the small of the back and his wife. (laughs) (laughs) The um, the thing is, I mean, these are all things that had been like well established already like these character moments yeah so it was either purely included for the um for time or just entertainment Mm. like there was there was no need for it it was i think it was just there's definitely the entertainment aspect of it um I mean, it's definitely memorable. Like <laughs> sometimes and, I fight with him too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's that idea of showing how people are when they're under duress again. Mm. Right. So we see Anara. She's composed. She's business savvy. She has an answer to everything. Uh. You know, we see Kaylee's absolute, like almost, almost autistic levels of focus on the ships and her ships. Like even when they're there for questioning, all she can do is talk about the ship and how dare they call it, call it a hunk of junk. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's kind of, kind of what I take away from those little quick scenes. I think, I mean, even Mal, it's the that idea of knowing when to be confrontational, knowing when's like, no, really shouldn't be confrontational right now. There's worse things to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shame the Alliance didn't listen to him. <laughs> well, to save so many purple bellies. Like, <laughs> like some fine, young, strapping, young... Uh, alliance feds. That's because kind of that other little bit of world building that we should talk on. They actually do show how scary the Reapers are. Like, look at the damage one did. I think the other thing can they show off with Mal is his attentiveness and that he actually, and he does really care for his crew, regardless of disagreements or what have you with it. Um, with how he acted when he noticed the helmet in the mess mm. making sure he's there to to you know, be a shield between simon river and the alliance 
Well, that's what they started establishing in episode uh, three. Hmm. They had already started uh, establishing Reynolds' acceptance of Simon and River mm-hmm. as members of the crew. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely you can you can tell from the way that it's portrayed, it's. It's not just because the, like, it's a thorn in the Alliance's side. It's not just because uh, he doesn't want to give the Alliance anything. It's, um, in fact, that's not a primary focus at all. It's, he really does seem like he's beginning to to accept them as part of the crew. Yeah. Or family. (laughs) Yeah. And it's... I wonder if that's another part with Simon too. I don't think Mal and the crew is given, well, except maybe Jane has given Simon any reason to not to betray the trust of the Tams. Mm. But he is like, again, his immediate thoughts, and I know this continues for a bit, is just, oh no, you're just trying to betray us. There'd be some trust issues there. <laughs> I mean, he like he he abandoned, um, like rightfully abandoned his his family and his status because they just wouldn't recognize the danger that mm-hmm. his sister was in. They were definitely on the Kool Aid, and like I I bet you if you were to do a psych write up about Simon, it'd be like it's. Less so that he's afraid that he want he's going to be betrayed, but he's afraid that he's going to have to go through that same um, emotional tear that he had to go through with his biological family. Mm, yeah, I, I guess it's some of the 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 trust issues, but too kind of comes from this is just an issue with films in general. You don't really get don't always have a clear scale of how much time has passed mm-hmm. right so is this a few weeks later um or is it several months later well this is the benefit of the second wall mm. um having people have to actually watch a thing and then listen to an inane discussion about some minutia and some probably bad taste jokes um, and not just binge it all in one go. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it'd be easy to bench Firefly. It's not particularly long. The characters are intriguing. There's an overarching story. They're obviously developing towards something. Yeah. Um. So having to slow down and digest helps show that passage of time. If you were to watch the first four episodes in one go... Uh, your reaction would be, well, they just got on board. Yeah. Have they been there three months? Um, They've been there two months. Two and a half months. I was, think I came to this number as well. I think I came to three to four months. Um, Well, it was eight months. An hour had been there eight months. And that was almost a year. And now it's almost a year in a couple weeks. Yeah. So it'd be, uh, yeah, three and a half months. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Oh, it's a nice little benchmark, a little passage of time. I, I, I think I like subconsciously recognize that, but until it panned out here, um, I don't know why I was thinking there was ten months in a year. Uh, <laughs> Everyone knows uh, December and January don't exist. <laughs> the the hashtag MegDeca calendar, I think. <laughs> you know, we'll get rid of dumb months like September and January. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they've they've been there three 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 and a half months. That's yeah. that's long enough for there to be some bonding, especially when um, there's no established like, oh, you know, I watched the Hollow something, or you know, we got movies on board. They really make it say, make it seem like there is some type of gathering, food consumption once a day. People only have each other to be around during that travel, and. It's not like a whole mess of books and things about that it appears they read. So, yeah. How do they pass their time bonding by playing games? Yeah. But, but I think that's where, I think that's where kind of the, the trust issues that Simon has jumps out to me as a little bit weirder mm. at this point. Cause again, if we're binging it, this would just feel like, okay, it's maybe been a week or two. Yeah. No reason builds trust, but what we get in in this instead is still not going in and playing the games with the crew. Well, he's he's more preoccupied, right? And like you don't know his his level of being disconnected. I mean, we can only make assumptions of that state. I think, I think it's more of a case is. He hasn't been given the chance to show his link to the crew yet. Mm. But if, say, um, I'll just even straight up say it. Like, if Jane took, like, a really bad wound, there would definitely mm. be concern there. And it would be more, I think it'd be more than just Simon's a doctor. Yeah. And I'm specifically using the person who's most adversarial to make a point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and jane definitely helps that adversarial relationship <laughs> well i mean that being said it like at this point if in the next episode um some jerk like stepped to simon i could see jane step in between them oh yeah just because jane's a jerk doesn't mean he's not a good guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it, it, it's true. It's just, yeah, it's one of those, like, at what point are you going to trust the crew? But I guess we don't also know what happened in those couple of months, so. Yeah, yeah. Again, or deep-seated trust issues for obvious reasons. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing, and that's kind of where my point where, where is going towards. I still don't see it as trust issues per se, but I do see it as not wanting to connect yeah he's yeah. resisting like it's it's clear to me that he's resisting the connection yeah um yeah, yeah. my point of view yeah, that works 
It was a Firefly game. Uh, like board game. There, there is. Yeah. I, I knew there was the tabletop. There was a tabletop uh, RP. Didn't know if there's a. Didn't know there was a different game. Assume you're talking about a different game. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd I'd play a Firefly universe tabletop as long as it wasn't like. Not on the Serenity and, like, not directly related in any way. Yeah. I mean, parallel storyline, maybe? Yeah. But I kind of... it was the pro That was the problem with the, the Farscape. Um, mm. It was very much like... Farscape? Trying, yeah, it was very much like, oh, you can play these characters. Yeah. It's like, no, I don't want to be that race, but I don't... I don't want to be that character. You, you've built some interesting universes. Let's play in the interesting universe. <laughs> well, that's what Star Wars got right back when there was a expanded universe. Mm -hmm. You know, back in the good days. Yep. In the old world where things were better <laughs> and people were happy. <laughs> yeah. I'm sad now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, theme? <laughs> now that I made you sad? Yeah, I got nothing. Fiend, looks, fiend sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for the. I'm looking forward to the next, uh, the next episode because we'll see how it grows. There, there is bonding that's going on. Um, actually, I do want to kind of expand upon that. You're not seeing it as a full crew, but you can see that the way that Simon's interacting with Anara. Mm. That he feels like there is at least some sort of sense of belonging. Yeah. Because that... That wasn't an arm's length conversation. Mm -hmm. Anyways. He connects with the only other civilized person on the ship. I mean... <laughs> Are you going to connect with the unwashed masses? Come on now. At least cute. <laughs> <laughs> better to have Jean on your good side. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is it'd be bad if Jane tried to connect with you. But you want to connect with Kaylee? Hey. Thanks again for huddling around the second wall with us here tonight. Join us next time as we continue our discussion of Firefly. Please join the conversation in the comments, on social media, or at our Discord, where we would love to get your thoughts. And of course, if you like what we do, please share us with your friends.